0: They mock you behind your back, they laugh at your dedication to the ivory tower, they pity you for the shackles your elders have chained you with. Yet none of them, not a single one, understands the price of peace none of them have an inkling of an understanding of what you will sacrifice what you have sacrificed so that they may linger in their bars and clubs drink from weak-willed mortals and mock the very sect that fights tooth and nail to allow them this luxury and safety
1: ah few things make me happier than being able to gaze upon a new member of the clan of kings a young blue blood i would introduce myself but i should need no introduction and if i do you're already behind so do try and keep up otherwise you will embarrass all of us and if there is one thing that our clan cannot abide is embarrassment now you've been sent to me to explain to you a few things about beloved clan of kings and quite frankly our innate superiority our divine right to rule and it's all true the other clans are deeply envy of us and why wouldn't they be in a world where uh, ferraris exist in a world where you can have high performance luxury lifestyle why would you want to scrape and fret amongst ikea in sales so that at its core is what we venture are the rulers we are burdened by glorious purpose but that is all right you will find that while it is in fact lonely at the top there are numerous benefits from occupying our station and it is up to you neonate to make sure that our legacy is secure for the centuries and millennia to come so i will give you a very brief overview of how things work for us and how you would be well to look at them Camarilla, anarch's sabbat profit is profit business is business all things being equal the order and structure of the Camarilla is ideal for us because order is always good when you are the one profiting from the Order. You, as a youth, might find it difficult to crack the structure of the Old Guard and make your way up, however, which might make the Anarch seem a little more attractive. I myself, of course, have had significant success in the Anarch cause. I myself have nothing against rules, I have nothing against structure, I have nothing against Impassioned, wise leadership Why I personally don't like having a boot on my neck simply because I'm not 500 years old yet. And that is why the Camarilla is difficult for me in particular. The Anarchs give you opportunity but they also give you chaos. Chaos can be bad for business or chaos can be a ladder. I myself have found a number of ways to weaponize and profit from it. You will have to find your own way in this matter of course. But understand that it is in fact like herding cats. Super-powered, rage-filled, oftentimes mindlessly disagreeable cats. But if you can find a few solid kindred that you can rely on, note I said rely on, not trust. Trust is a strong word and I do not recommend you use it, but rely on. Then you will be capable of great things in these nights, and their disorganization gives many opportunities for a farsighted young kindred such as yourself to advance. And the sky's the limit. Just don't come after any of my turf, and we'll get along great. But if there's something I can do to help set you up elsewhere, please don't hesitate to ask. It might cost you a favor that you will owe somewhere down the road, but I guarantee you the interest rate will be fair. The Sabbat. Steer clear of them. Not many of us cross over into the Sabbat, although they do exist. I think, uh, probably, well, I would tell you some examples of a Sabbat ventru that I can think of, but I don't want to name names openly, but I think if you look at the heads of most major social media companies, you will find a few Sabbat ventru profiting from materially but also sowing untold seeds of chaos. Uh, The Sabbat exists by embracing the beast, by choosing to be monsters and wearing it as a badge of pride, which is difficult to do when you are royalty, although I can see a certain amount of liberation that comes from dispensing with certain trappings of existence, but they are an existential risk to all of us. The Masquerade is a shield for all kindred, and the Sabbat jeopardize it at not just their peril, but ours. They will speak to you with honey words, they will promise you the world, as will all other kindred, but understand at the end of that road lay nothing but madness. I think one thing we venture are especially good at is shepherding our fellow kindred, our, I won't say brothers and sisters, but our cousins, our nieces and nephews, even through these nights they don't often understand the need to take a broader view of things and play a longer game. And when rage in your heart builds up, it is easy to do things hastily. Try to never act hastily. You now lead an existence where machinations that may take decades or possibly even centuries to come to life are incredibly valid and dare I say necessary, outwit outplay, outmaneuver your foes. Make them friends if you can, and destroy them utterly if you can't.
0: The lot of Clan Ventru has always been to be their brother's keepers, to bear the burden that no one else wants to, or can carry. Whether that is by ruling justly over a domain, seeing to the needs of its citizens, or to mete out punishment when all others are too blinded by their compassion or cowardice to act. Bonum commune communitatis. Noblesse oblige may be a foreign concept to many, but any venture child worth their salt will have it imprinted upon them from the very moment that they taste their sire's vitae. Privilege entails responsibility. You are superior to all others. It is your lot to shepherd them. Obviously, this does not extend to all of the clan, Some Ventrue, especially those who may have left the Camarilla to side with the Anarch Movement, may resent this kind of responsibility. They may hunger for personal power, of prestige and wealth, but shy away from the other side of the coin. They do not understand that power does not exist in a vacuum, nor is it ever granted without something being demanded in return. Observe an Anarch Blueblood who desires to get rich quickly and easily through the trading of narcotics. Illicit businesses rarely require much paperwork, at least not initially, but there will come a time when the duty-fearing Ventru find themselves managing a vast network of pushers and enforcers, extending their influence to the local police, the media and even politicians. Soon, they need to spend large amounts of time briefing their subordinates just to ensure that things run smoothly, unless they employ trusted retainers, bond in blood and money. Yet, these two will need managing, all the while the Blue Blood need to be mindful of aggressions from competition. Eventually, the ventru, Anarch or not, will find themselves ruling over a small domain. They cannot help it. It is in their blood. And as for the Anti-Tribu, They too know what it means to have noble obligations. While they consider the Camarilla and their blue bloods greedy, stunted creatures fit only to lick the boots of their antediluvian masters, they, like their cousins, lead by example. Fierce warrior kings, they will wade into the thick of battle, confident that they were chosen for a higher purpose. Their loyalty to the sword of Cain is unswerving, matched only by their disgust for their merchant cousins. It has always been to be their the brothers, take their childer with such care as the pillars of the Camarilla. They will often consult with their own sires, if possible, about the suitability of their prospect, and some ventur will only embrace after their child to be has proven themselves capable. Sometimes after years of work as a ghoul. Royal blood has little influence in this matter. Despite their epithet, the Blue Bloods only care for power, not where it comes from. And these days, noble lines rarely carry any more than a token bit of importance, if even that. No, the Ventru are more likely to pick their perspectives from places of power. Political advisors tend to be a favored and often reliable stock, these types of people at ease in the often adversarial corridors of power. Like with the Torridor, the venture will rarely go for public figures, as they often create too many questions and inconvenient situations for it to be worth it. No, much rather the worker ant who will devote their days and nights to see someone else's rise to power, but also has no trouble managing an entire election campaign's worth of staffers to optimize the results. That level of discipline, of commitment and personal sacrifice, will often produce a fine Ventrue, and those picked from these backgrounds tend to be groomed for greatness from their embrace, whether they like it or not. While there is no shortage of ventru plucked from merchants, bankers, stockbrokers or day traders, these bluebloods rarely, if ever, earn the same amount of respect from their peers. Despite their clan's interest in accumulating wealth, they place little value in it, Money is merely a means to an end, and thus those who accrue it are considered slightly less than their peers. Thus, those embraced merely to fill the coffers of their more influential clanmates are often quite likely to strike out on their own, realizing that the cards were stacked against them from the start. Unless, of course, they see a deeper value in being a cog in a greater machinery, which some certainly do, or are taught to. Criminals were a rare sight... My apologies, blatantly criminal criminals were a rare sight in the halls of the Bluebloods for many years. But in the 1900s, with the rise of organized crime, a few ventured decided that certain figures from that sphere of society would serve well as childer. To an extent, these criminal entrepreneurs fit the bill perfectly. They built themselves entire institutions under the nose of the government, aptly hiding their activities while amassing fortunes and ruling sprawling empires of vice. Yet they also often lack the proper respect and decorum that befit one of these kindred, and therefore only a few have, today, managed to amass enough dignitas to earn themselves the respect of the clan. Oftentimes, these career criminals will find themselves having a rocky first couple of years as well, having to somehow manage their former gang's affairs while slowly removing themselves from the spotlight and potentially grooming a successor under their control. Naturally, these are only a few of the backgrounds a ventru may spring from. Ultimately, they, more than most other clans, are careful in who they allow into their exclusive club, and for more reasons than just how useful their childer is. A newly embraced ventru will undergo rigorous training and tutoring as part of their agoge. As lineages of great importance, a kindred's child's shortcomings are failures of the sire as well. Thus, there is a rigorous program in learning about the new being, about the undead society they belong to, and how to work it to their advantage. Many Ventrue neonates will be significantly more familiar with other clans and factions than, say, a Gangrel would be. This amount of learning is necessary, however, because releasing a child without the proper testing, and tested they will be, both by Sire and by other Ventrues, is exposing them, and subsequently yourself, to a great risk of losing Dignitas. Dignitas is a concept almost unknown of outside of Clan Ventru, and for a good reason. It is, in one word, face. It is the measure of a Ventru, the weight of their words, the deeds in their past. Dignitas is everything to a socially-minded Ventru, and one of the main reasons why a Blueblood may choose to defect to another sect. Perhaps it is confusing to other kindred why a ventru may wade through a sewer, spend inordinate amounts of money fixing others' mistakes, or take on a job so clearly intended to insult without moving an inch of their stiff upper lip, yet will almost fly into a frenzy at an insult at their name. But if you consider Dignitas, it makes perfect sense. Any challenge, any trial, if passed admirably, will raise the Ventrue in the eyes of their peers and their betters. It will add to their dignitas, reinforce that they are a blue blood to be trusted and respected. To use another example, many venture Princes will often allow those in their domain who request it to sire unless the city is suffering from overpopulation, or there is a risk of a shift in power balance in the city. If there is a conflict with the zabat, they may even ignore that. Yet should these same kindred sire without permission, the consequences will be dire. Why? because the sire chose to ignore, or was unaware of, the authority of the Ventru, This reflects poorly on the leader, who lacks the respect from their subordinates. A Gangrel or Malkavian might not give it much thought, but perhaps the Ventru prince was gunning for a seat on the Efferet, also known as the Directorate, the twelve or so Ventru who hold immense sway over both their clan and the Camarilla itself. This one act of insubordination might have strangled that ambition, and years of hard work will have come to nothing. Let us now consider their self-sacrificing nature, their bonum commune communitatis. The Camarilla is the lifework of Hardestat and many other ventru elders. What better way to ingratiate yourself with your superiors than helping rule and maintain their grand plan? Looked at it this way, the noblesse oblige of the Ventru is nothing but an excuse to look better in the eyes of their peers. Many older kindred are aware of this, and hence why they may not be as easily impressed by the Blue Blood's pretenses at civility and dedication, but even they will not deny the lengths these kindred will go to to earn themselves a seat at a bigger table. There is, however, another tradition close to the heart of most Ventru that remains, perhaps, even less known the ethic of succor. Other clans like to brag about clan unity, but few can match that almost fanatical need to help a fellow Blueblood in distress as the Ventrus. By invoking one of the half-dozen or so phrases taught to them, a Ventru can, more or less, demand another of their clan to drop what they are doing and help them. If they are of the same sect, of course. Abusing the ethic of succor is a dangerous gamble, and one who is found out to have invoked its ancient tradition under false pretenses, or worse, to gain advantage over another ventru, may find their Dignitas falling so low that it may never recover. Ventru interact with one another formally, at almost all times. It simply will not do to have one refer to the other by their given name, or without the title of their office. Only the most intimate blue bloods will act this way, and then usually only in private. Thus, they come off to others as cold and distant, businesslike, and never letting their hair down. Yet, this is a means of survival. This respect is a threat to your dignitas, and once more, it comes down to personal power. You may never know if this caitiff has powerful friends, or is even influential themselves, so it is proper to always act with a certain distance and begrudging respect, in order to not accidentally insult someone important. There is, of course, a need to remain controlled, to not show outbursts of emotions, regardless of their origin. Some struggle with this. Hardestat, for example, is said to have had a very fierce temper. Yet they will do their utmost not to be roused to anger, sorrow, or joy too obviously. Decorum, as always, remains of utmost importance. The Ventru are, despite their emphasis on courtroom battles, no strangers to martial pursuits. While they might not be leading armies into war these nights, many older sires will tutor their childer in swordsmanship and other fine forms of combat, if not for tradition's sake, then in order to defend their domain against all who threaten it. Ventru, like the Torridor, wield the discipline of presence. With but a thought, they can become the center of attention, and they often use this power to ensure that their words are heard by all present, or that the room remains silent as they speak. Dominate, however, is much more straightforward and is a power that, unlike presence, utterly breaks down the mental defenses of their victims. A Ventru may make an enemy attack their own allies or convince someone to climb out on a ledge of a penthouse window. They can turn enemies into allies or hide subtle commands in others to be triggered by certain key phrases or events. It is like a sledgehammer, but sometimes there is simply no time for finesse. Finally, the Ventru are incredibly resilient. They employ a discipline called fortitude, which hardens their skin and flesh to the point where bullets may even simply bounce off them. Much like their approach to politics, this power allows them to weather bad times better, to endure for the betterment of their clan and sect. Anti-Tribu Ventru consider themselves more akin to the old Crusader kings than courtroom rulers, and will thus often favor the martial aspects of their clan, wielding two-handed swords and striking an imposing figure as they stalk the battlefields. Finally, one would be remiss not to mention the debilitating bane of Clan Ventru their feeding preferences. Ventru are only able to feed from a certain group of people, and this is unique for each Ventru. Some are fairly fortunate, perhaps their palate is towards drunkards or college students from their hometown. Unusual, but hardly rare. Others are not so fortunate, like Jan Peterson, who could only feed from rape victims, or Victor Temple, Baron of the Valley, who must be known by the person he feeds on, risking his victims remembering what he did to them. Ultimately, it is not known what determines Aventry's feeding restrictions, but on occasions they have changed, most often when that particular blood supply can no longer be found. With the demands put on a younger neonate of this clan, is it any surprise that a significant amount of them have opted to leave the Camarilla behind? In a pyramid scheme where your seniors never die, eventually you will remain locked in place with no hope of progression. What will you do then but the will of your elders, until the final night is upon you?
1: My advice to you is enjoy being royalty. This world has untold pleasures, many of which you didn't even know existed before. You truly have no idea how the other half lives and now you have the privilege to be counted amongst our elite number. I trust your sire saw something of worth in you or you would not have the same blue blood flowing in your veins that I have. Now, make the most of it, and if you can, while you're trying to find a way to turn a dollar out there, see if you can't find a way to make the world at least slightly less terrible. Of course, I've invested in oil and gas and nuclear and all those other things, but you can make money growing things. Wind and solar is good. The Earth surviving is good because we also live on it. I think a lot of the elders seem to misplace this. They think that humans are an inexhaustible supply and that the world will just continue to take whatever beating we put on it, Uh, and that is not true. The lupines say we're a scourge on this Earth, and don't get me started about the lupines. Just don't go near them. If you see any wolves, leave, run. But my final piece of advice to you would be, we don't have to be monsters. The centuries don't have to turn us into something terrible. Hold on to as much of who you were that gains you entry in our illustrious number for as long as you can, and may it serve you well into these long nights. I would say in conclusion, if there are other clans that you can rely on I would advise you against from looking at it in terms of clans and look at it in terms of individuals. I have had fellow Ventru that were bitter enemies. I've had the ugliest of Nosferatu as dearest friends. Find those that you can rely on. And I say again, trust would be a strong word, but simply rely on. Do what you say you will do, always. Do not threaten unless you are going to back it up. If you promise retribution, make sure that it is swift in total, so much so that no one would ever test you ever again. But if you offer friendship, if you offer support, make sure you deliver so thoroughly that when the time comes that you must ask for help, others will heed the call. And in the times to come, Five, six, seven hundred years from now, we will meet and raise a glass of Vitae from some far flung space station somewhere, most likely, and laugh about this as we are teaching a new generation of Ventru.